Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. Uh, this week we have Matthew on for his third episode. You can catch me and Matthew at the Coalition Theater uh, this Saturday. Posting this on the day that it comes out uh, at 8 o'clock in the uh, Coalition Theater's flagship. Riot. Uh, 8 o'clock, we'll be there. Uh, also, uh, other plugs, Old World Music Park. Uh, they have an event coming up soon. Go check that out. RBAcounty.com. Our, at RVA Comedy on all social media, uh, DJ Schnoy's YouTube channel. <laughs> Matthew wants you to plug the Washington Capitals because they really, really need the support. Um, they have 14 fans, so they need they need more fans. Caps. Um, you can contact us at producerscast at gmail.com at producerscast on social media. I might actually get a picture with Matthew up for the first time. Did you know that? Did you know that I put up a picture of me and my guest every episode? And while I have forgotten others, I've always forgotten to take a picture with you and post it? Yeah. I at least have one when we got our headshots done. Yeah. So I have, yeah. so, I have yeah, something. Yeah. We got some. Woo! All right. Well, here's the episode. Conversation, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. how it starts. I just did it to you for sure. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's so funny because you and Tom are the only person to be on the show three times, other than like me. Wait, I've, I've been on the show twice already. Yeah, you don't remember? When was I? What was the second time? The second time. So the first time was like really early on when we were doing we were one on one episode six. Yeah, I remember episode. the first time. Yeah, and then. Uh, we were hanging out, I think we were just hanging out one night, like, we had, we got dinner, we were, like, watching, I think it was a football game, or something, something along those lines, we were just hanging out, and I was like, hey, do you want to do the show again? And I remember... Really? It, it was the last episode that I did that was two hours. And I remember, because <clears throat> I had gone through this period, uh, early on, where I had, like, Wade and Patrick and another <laughs> white person, straight white male, not straight white male, but, like, white male, who... The episodes, when it got to the relationship part, felt so whiny, and I was like, this is becoming a little toxic. Like, I'm kind of facilitating a a negative kind of energy and space, and then I had you on, and we got through, like, the first hour fine. And I changed the fucking game. I, um, I wanted to get into relationships, and I, I don't remember exactly what was happening. I think it was something along the lines of where you were just feeling, not feeling talking about it. And I was trying really hard. I was like, this is kind of the show. you got to kind of do the show. Yeah. And yeah, you, you definitely get, got me to a point where I was like, no, that's not the show. The show meant, was supposed to be like a very good thing. And I kind of allowed it to turn into a bad thing. So I was really... Even Floyd agrees. Yeah, dude. He, was, he interrupted me, actually. Yeah. Um, so good. But like... 
Yeah, that was like a big turning point, and that was the last episode of 2017, and I took a break for Christmas because it was hard mm. to book people, and then I came back, I changed the format, I made it an hour, and uh, that's where we are now. Wow, I do not remember. I feel like I fucking... I brown out on so many memories. Yeah. And I used to just think it was because I smoked a lot of weed in high school, and so people would bring up old memories, and then I'd be like, I, like, it would just come to me, I'd be like, oh, shit, I remember that, like, or it would be some situation like, oh, Matt, you remember when you said this? Oh, yeah, everybody, oh, always, my, my fucking friend's cousin always says that shit whenever I see him. He's like, I always remember that guy. And, like, I do not remember ever fucking saying that. <laughs> the thing you said changed my life, dude. Dude, there's a there's a thing, like, yeah, like, uh, so I had a buddy uh, that I met in seventh grade, or, yeah, eighth grade. I met him in eighth grade. His name was Matt, too. That's how we kind of connected. Matt, too. That's a weird name. No. Uh, his name was Matt as well. Matt as well. His name was Matthew. My name is Matthew. Um, and then he ended up getting into drugs. And then he went. He got. He got sent away to one of those like, "Hey, we'll kidnap your kid and make them run laps in Utah for three years, and they'll be <laughs> clear of drugs." And so he was in one of those programs. Uh, and we didn't see him for like three years. Um, and then yeah, he came back, and we were all driving him back from like the DC area, getting out of the airport. We drove into his mom's house in Lake Anna, and we were uh, pulling into the neighborhood. And uh, he was like, "I don't know where, like, where am I?" And I just put my hand on his shoulder. I was like, "Home, Matt. You're home." And his brother, who I only like hung out with like that one time, and who's like. 33, 34, well into his, like, his cooking and chef career out in, like, the West Coast. Apparently, every time he sees Matt, he references that. Yeah. I, yeah. You're, you're one of those guys who just... <clears throat> yeah, you just... You say things that just stick with me. I have so many different references, just like that you've just brought to my life. So many, just so many funny things, just and some, like mm-hmm. meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've definitely helped me through some shit, and just like yeah, definitely, definitely quotable. You are. Hmm, that's interesting. That's a good thing, though. I think I think it shows that um, anybody could be quotable, <laughs> even this schmuck. Even this schmuck. This schmuck. No, I think it. I think it just really speaks to to you, to <clears throat> more to you, just like how you know. I don't know. I I've always felt like you're very deliberate with how you do things, and it's just like whether you're intentional or not. It's just you really put effort into like the moment you're in, and mm-hmm. you don't dwell on that moment. You don't dwell on moments past. Like, oh, that's that's a lie. But yeah, well, no moments that affect other people. Obviously, yeah. you're gonna have to dwell on your own things. But like, mm-hmm. for example, like when you've been there for me, I'm sure you don't remember like. Most of the meaningful moments that I that we've had, I'm sure I could like tell you the story. Like, oh, I remember. Yeah, we went to this place and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I think you're just in that moment, and you're. I, I, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. <clears throat> I'm sure I've said something to somebody that's meant something, and then I don't remember talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's normal. Well, I used to be the guy I remember in high school that like I would just like I would let people talk to me about their problems. Yeah. And I would always have advice. It would, it would always kind of be, especially when, 
it would always end up like we would have like you know parties at a friend's house, and then at some point later in the night, somebody would be talking to me about some intense shit, and you know I'd, I'd give them my spin on it, and they whatever the hell I'd say, they feel better, you know. And I just feel like half the time it's just somebody just wants somebody to be there and honestly know that they're listening and they're engaged. I think that's a big thing is that I I I'm a good listener, You're and I think it moment. translates into improv. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just it. like, and I feel bad because there's honestly been times that on in, in improv where I'm sitting there from the standpoint of like, obviously this person didn't hear what the other person says, or like there's just people who don't, especially more so in my classes, people who don't, uh, they can't listen well to what people are doing and scenes are on stage and be able to call back it. And I'm not great at it, but I do, I am engaged and listen. It's more so hard for me to like really be able to call back stuff unless I'm like very engaged in the moment, but it's just, um, it's very, it's a very difficult skill. It's something you have to like work at. And I feel like you've worked at listening being in the moment. That's like a, that's like a thing that, like you said, you listen to people talk about whatever, like in high school or whatever. So of course that's going to be a thing that you kind of like really, really excel at. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, a, I'm a pretty supportive person, so it's really easy for me to make support moves. Mm-hmm. And like that's a bit, that's a huge thing. I, that, that's agreeing. I'm agreeing with you, and like that's what improv is completely based off of. Yes, and like I'm agreeing with you. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's why we find I don't want to say success, but like there's no doubt that like we've had some form of success, like on stage or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Well, funny thing too is just I've always had so many issues with just spacing out. Yeah, but I generally get the I usually get the general idea of what people are saying no matter what it is. So, but um, yeah, and I, do, I think it definitely translates on stage and just like um, that's why three hundred one's been interesting because Ooh. it is so much about How? interesting and picking up on what it is you're listening to, not just like hearing words being sh- like just shouted in the air. You have to actually like, all right, how can I build on that? So it's really funny. Um, 301 was my favorite class because I feel like it really changed the game for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, you were really good going into 301. And I was like, I can't wait to see what happens when you come out of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm currently TAing the uh, other 301, and you're mm-hmm. in the, the other one. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, how I guess I guess uh, 301, um, for those listening who don't know, the coalition curriculum, 101's, like, basics, 201's, characters and emotions, 301's... Uh, <clears throat> recognizing patterns and also like group games, which really rely heavily on patterns. And then four hundred one's a format class, and five hundred is also a format class. So you're in, you're exploring patterns mm-hmm. and like group games. Mm-hmm. So I guess because I feel like the characters and emotion is something that you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I don't want to say you're bad at patterns, but I feel like I've never really examined your pattern work. So how do you feel like that's been going? How is that? How is I guess to broaden it? How has it like been like? Um, it's, it's taking in new things. It's been great. Uh, first off, I think Lauren Serpa is an awesome, uh, instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, she's been really great. Josh Wright is the TA and he's been really great. And they both just have like really constructive things to say. Uh, and which I feel like TAing, for my 101 and 201, the TAs weren't very vocal, but Josh is very vocal, and he usually has some good things to say, which is nice, because it, it really d- does seem like um, you're you're just getting comprehensive viewpoints, and that helps a lot. When you ask a question, it's not just like, 
one person just saying what they think. Cause or reading from, like, the book or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's been great just because um, what has consistently given me the most anxiety, and uh, I don't know if it's because I've avoided them because of that, um, but I haven't done many of them, are big scenes with, like, you know... A lot of people. Four plus people. If it's, like, even, like, four people is, like, a lot. Two-person scenes are my favorite. Three-person scenes are great. Um, Four-person scenes are good. And then past that, it's just, like, Jesus Christ. Get me off stage. Like, because it's just, you you got so many people talking at once. And um, they don't necessarily want to go with the pattern that that you have in mind, which is fine. But the thing for me is just, like, the issue... I think people can pick up on the whole concept of patterns well. The thing that people always struggle with is they're just people who don't understand when they are talking over people, which can happen, and you need to see... You need to just seed the voice and let other people talk. Or people... And I'm not talking about anybody in specific, because there's many people who do this. And I'm not trying to act like I'm better at improv, but this is is just a point that I've always found to be, like, really important. Because this dates back to me, like, shooting the shit with friends in middle school and high school and, you know, throughout um, my social life. It's just, you talk over people when you're all making jokes and you act like you're the funny one and you talk over the people and you talk too much and hog the space. People aren't going to like it as much as when you're all just hanging out and having fun and making jokes. And then... They're just the so people aren't great at not talking over other people, and I'm sorry because I feel like I've probably talked over you a few times now. That, that, it's a two it's a two person podcast. We're both trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. I do want to interject and say like the most uncomfortable social situations I've been in are the ones where I feel like I can't get a word in edgewise. Yeah, and there's no room for me to talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other issue is like what you'll have is you'll have people that for whatever reason they just like they think that every moment has to be filled with. A words. voice, something with words, oh. something, and it, I, the thing is, it, but these are all this also the same kind of people, and I'm trying to get better at this. Is that so? They they hog too much of the voice by talking too much, and you know, say you'll have a, a scene of like seven people on a stage, and you'll have like one or two people that are just talking way more than anybody else. And then you'll have one or two people who you you're sitting there and you're like, is anybody gonna let them talk? Um, what I'm trying to get good at is that you can still you can still be in the scene and you can quote unquote talk, but you just you use your physicality. You can still be doing stuff mm-hmm. to where you're not just a standing body who's waiting for your your chance to talk. And that's like a huge thing. But um, yeah, I think I feel like I feel like what you're getting at is is like. You're talking about listening, like really just like being, <clears throat> being aware, not just like out there, the chaotic thing. I feel like that's the, that's the kind of thing with 301 that I've kind of learned is like, you're trying to rein in the chaos. You're trying to set, mm-hmm. not, not like structure, like structure, but like help people figure out how to better navigate doing the things you learn in like the character and emotions where that was like a lot of <clears throat> scene work and like trying to like figure out how to be a character, but then like, mm-hmm help you organize it a little better. Like, my favorite scenes are the... I would... I We had a practice once, and uh, I didn't say a word, and the person who I was in the scene with, it was Gretchen, um, was, like, talking to me, and she would leave space for me to respond, but I didn't respond. 
And like everyone, like the first, the first beat, I didn't say anything. And then the second beat, I didn't say anything. And as soon as I didn't say something, everyone who was watching started cracking up. And it was like, I knew you weren't going to say anything. And I just love the fact that silence was the funny thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I think so many people are, like, scared of silence. And there's actually, there's this guy who um, actually is dating a girl that I've known, uh, or a woman I've known for um, a few years now. And she's awesome. Uh, his name's Nolan. And I'm super excited. He'll have to get on the podcast at some point. Yeah, He's huh? super new to the theater. Oh, is he in 101 now? He's in 101 right now. Nice. And But he's, like, told me, he, like, he's listened to, you know, all of Hell from the Magic Tavern, which is the single thing that really convinced me to do improv, I think, more than anything else, that really put it in my mind that I should pursue it, apart from Anthony, who, like, pushed me to do it. Yeah. Um, Friend of the show, Anthony? Yeah, Anthony, who... Episode 30. I'm, I was about to say, I'm sure has been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He he's listened to all these podcasts. He loves comedy. He's wanted to stand up um, since they've been dating. She's told me about him, and I, I haven't I haven't known him too well. But he's just like he's a great guy. Every time I see him, he has like you can tell he's like he you can tell he just wants to do this shit, and that he has the same kind of like nerves about really jumping in that I had and that anybody has at first. And I'm excited because uh, I reached out to him. Um, he came to my last house, uh, house team show and, uh, I was just talking with him and, uh, we're going to start doing stuff together, like going out to improv mixers when we can, uh, going, you know, I told him we should do a lab set. Um, and for me it's like, I hope that, um, it's interesting because like, he's the first person who I feel like for me, it's like, I feel like I can help this person. There's totally new this and I'm not like amazing at it yet, but I, there's some real core things that I think are like really important that I, that I understand just having done improv a bunch over the past, you know, however many months. But I, I think that's the biggest point of emphasis I'm going to drive home to him is just that you cannot be scared of silence. It is one of the most attractive things to a scene that so many people who start out, I think don't. Uh, pay respects to and I think it's a thing that completely sets apart the people who are really good at improv. I think it's funny that, um, yeah, like, we are both, like, we started at the same time doing improv. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, there are so many great resources at the theater. Mm-hmm. Like, people who just are, like, so good and, like, just so many good shows and, like, learning from these people has just been, oh my gosh, I have so many, like, tidbits and nuggets that I never would have thought I would have had like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like a year ago, I wasn't doing this show. I wasn't doing improv. I wasn't doing anything. So like now that I'm here, it's like, whoa, it's been like 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, um, and obviously we're speaking from the experience level that we have. We're not, yeah, we're not trying to say like, Oh, rude this or that. But yeah, I'm, yeah, we're not great. But also I'm not going to like sit there and not act like we haven't like, we, Done we jumped in oh, and yeah. twin, we can swim. We, yeah. Like, we jumped in. We both, like, did a lot to try and really immerse ourselves in the theater and mm-hmm. in improv. And I have been emotionally absent, I feel like, the past, like, five months. But even still, I mean, I've, like, I've still, um, gosh, sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> 
I can tell you're like really struggling. Yeah, I know. It's like that burp that like won't come out. Jeez. How many burps you got, Bill? Bill, Bill, do it. Do burps. Bill, how many? Tell me about your burps. Well, I had this one burp the other day. Tell them about the burp, Bill. Um, I, yeah, I'm just proud of us. I really don't give a fuck, like, what, and that might sound angsty to the people that I know I'm talking about right now, but, um, I really don't care about anybody who tries to, like, belittle our accomplishments so far at the theater. Yeah. I I really am, like, I, if you would have told me back in July that we would have done as much as we have at this point, I wouldn't have. I would, nah, I'd be like that's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, and I still think we're both shit at improv. But <laughs> we're doing things and we're actively trying to get better. And we're really ha- we're, we're having, having fun. I was about to say we're having fun and we're we're not just trying to do improv. We're really trying to um, you know, grow. Yeah, build on ideas outside of that. Just this is just like a really special part of our whole creative landscape yeah um and yeah it's been so much fun and i just i'm like i am so happy to be on my house team yeah i was gonna ask you like how is that i guess i want to hear about you you talk about it dude i like i absolutely love my house team um they're all like just such great improvisers but apart from that like i really just appreciate their company's people um and there's um There's just so much of a, like, there's so much of a, just a sense of just, like, almost like old pals hanging out, I feel like, when yeah. around a lot of the people on the team. I didn't say everybody. It's just everybody's, everybody's got their own little quirks and they are who they are. But from, you know, really, like, say if somebody's, like, more socially awkward, I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, that person doesn't like me. Like, some people do. It's like, no, it's just that's who they are, and they just show things a different way. Um, and the same can be said about people who are, like, a-holes, you know, like... You can swear. You know, assholes. 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 Axles. Um, Axel Rose. People who yeah. like that. Axel Rose is, like, it's, it's who he is. It's See, there's no Axel Rose on the team. I, th- I think that's why, like, if anything, I'm paranoid that I am the Axel Rose, where I'm just, like... I'm like, I hope I'm not, like, I hope I'm not, like, the fucking dude who's, like, jumping out on <coughs> the stage, and people are like, oh, this guy thinks I he's great, like... I worry about this, I worry about being, I... But also, I, like, when I'm up on stage, I don't give a fuck, like, what I, what I think when I go into doing improv before we, like, when we're in the tunnel, we're in the hallway getting ready, you know, I got your back, I got your back, I got your back, I'm just thinking to myself, like... One, how lucky I am, and I remind myself how lucky I am, and how how many how many times I've proved myself that I feel more comfortable on stage than I do half the time doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I just remind myself that these people are going to rely on me when we get out there, and it's almost like a sports team. You tell yourself like you're not gonna, I'm not gonna let these people down. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the zone. And we are gonna we're gonna make some people fucking laugh, and we're gonna and also for the theater like you put on good shows, do good shows. Yeah, we're gonna do good shows, and we're gonna make people remember like that was hilarious. I'm coming back to Coalition Theater. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's 
I haven't. I, I guess I haven't talked to anyone other than my team about it. But like, I mean, obviously, I've done improv with like several people on, on my team specifically. But like, the level of trust, just like I don't know what it was. I maybe it's just because we're all kind of newer. But like, just from the get go, it just felt like a safe space mm-hmm. to do improv. Like, like in classes starting out, like you don't feel comfortable because you don't know the people. And I mean, like even if I didn't know people, like. To the people I don't know, like, there's still trust there where I feel like when they say, I've got your back, it's not just like, I say this because it's what we do here. Like, I genuinely, genuinely believe that they have my back. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that they trust that I have theirs. Mm-hmm. And like, the, I just, you kind of spoke on the level of trust that was established. I mean, it wasn't necessarily not earned, but like, it just felt comfortable, like, like a nice bed, like from the first lay. That's awesome. And that's that's awesome and that's great. And it's actually funny because actually um, <clears throat> when the teams were announced, I was super fucking excited to work with certain people in my team. And then other people, I, I didn't know them as improvisers, really. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from maybe like a mixer I did with them or just the audition. Because there's like one or two people who like aren't regulars at the theater before, before the teams were announced. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I don't think that Annie... Or Ariana were regulars in the theater prior to, but I had seen Ariana do stand up mm-hmm. for her school set, and I honestly, legit, like, honestly thought that she was fucking hilarious, and um, she was one of those people coming into the when I saw that she was announced, she was on my team list. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be able to, to like do work with Ariana. She was hilarious at auditions. I've seen her do a hilarious stand up set, and so I'm going into this like respecting her. Um, and I think the biggest thing that was just surprised is just like um, everybody's just so down to earth on the team. Yeah, and that's a huge thing of trust. Nobody has an ego, um, and um, I honestly like the first, which was to be expected. The first like practice or two, I was just like, we were not at all comfortable with one another, um, and we were late to start practicing. We didn't practice like. We had like three practices. We missed like your first. Yeah, we missed out on a practice or two before the other teams were like Mm -hmm. already ahead of us, and um, so I was just scared that we weren't going to be ready. We weren't going to gel as a unit before we got out there. But that first show just like absolutely solidified my mind that just like I'm 100 percent like doing improv with the people I'm meant to do improv with at this juncture in my life, and I just yeah, I'm, I'm I love the team, and I hope we get a full team. This weekend, I don't think we've had. I think well, I think our first show might have been a full team. Actually, yeah. no, I don't. I don't think Tyler was there. I don't think we've had a full team yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a full team twice for our student showcase show mm-hmm. and like our first show. I think everyone showed up. I want to see Resident Ghost as a full team. Yeah, I saw them the first show. Like I think Kim and maybe one other person wasn't there, and then the last show I saw was. Only, like, five members, I think. Oh, I think Tom and Kim weren't there the first show, and then Tom was there for the second show, and he was hilarious. And then, um... Everyone's yeah. just so funny. Yeah, dude, that... that well, because that team's format is just, like... So fun. I don't think... I honestly... Like, I thought that team was stacked when they were announced, and I was like, holy shit, they're gonna do really well. Um, but... The thing for me that... I mean, I hate to admit it, they're my favorite house team. <laughs> I hate to do that. They're my favorite house team, though, because their format 
is 100% up my alley for what I personally believe is the most enjoyable improv to see and to play in, which is the slow-burning, like, full 25-minute story. Yeah. And Big Bosses does it a bunch. Yeah. Um, That, to me, is, like... In my opinion, what I want to get towards and what I that that is the ideal for me. Like I can't wait till I get to that point. Yeah, but that's like a thing that yeah. Because I think we we because we our shows on the same night and they did that they did that set where there was like the video games and like like Katie was in like the patch yeah. or something mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, that that slow burn. That's what I think Dude, you're talking about. I don't remember. It was effortless. I don't remember shit about any. I could. I seriously can only remember right off the top of my head one scene that I was in uh, in my in, of any of the two shows I've been in I can only remember one scene and it was the opener for me and Sean for the last show and he like just started off he's like don't touch me and I was just like sir this massage is not <laughs> gonna work if I can't touch you and I just remember it because it was I, I just I just came out of it and I was like I I hit some good cues in there where I was like, you know, I almost touched his back and I recoiled my hand and the whole crowd like lost it. Um, cause he was like piled over on himself, like almost like just like really frustrated, stressed out. And I wanted to like pat him on the back, but then I realized last second I couldn't. Um, Ugh. and so I, I was, I was like proud of that scene, but I cannot think off the time I have another scene that I've done, but I could tell you, I could tell you all about the last set that resident ghost had. Yeah. Like, they were on the cruise ship. Yeah. And they had, um, they had the, like, seafood, like, drinks that they were giving people, and it was making people throw up, and it was all, like, a scam. And then, you know, Harrison was doing the captain's law, you know, it was just hilarious. And, like, and that's the whole thing, is, like, I mean, you've seen so many improv sets, and they don't stick with you, really. But the ones that stick with me are, like, I remember this one that it was Tyler, Kim, and uh, this this guy who I, for some reason, haven't been able to meet yet at the theater. I just have not had the opportunity to meet. He's, like, a younger guy, and he's, like, um, shaved head or maybe bald and, okay. like, a beard. He's hilarious. Um, and what team is he on? Whatever team Tyler and Kim were on, I don't know if that was, like, the Johnsons or what. Or, um... No, wait, it was, uh... It might have been Dad Salad. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it was just them three. And they did, like, a whole set where it started out, like, Tyler, Kim, and this guy were, like, circus people. And then all of a sudden it, like, turned into this thing where they all started out as circus people talking about what their crafts were. And then it turned into this thing where, like, Kim wanted to have a baby real bad. And then Tyler and this guy were fighting over Kim... Like, over the chance to be Kim's child. And, like, they needed her to sign a contract so they could be, like, em- like employee of the month or something so they could get this or that or whatever it was. But it was just, like, so hilarious. And it was a complete, like, 25-minute slow-burning scene. Just them three, and they killed it. And those are the sets that just stick in my mind of just, like, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, that... That, to me, is, like, the pinnacle of improv. And I don't I, you know, I might not know much. There might be some schmuck out there that might sit there and say, like, oh, yeah, well, this guy's talking on, like, he knows. But, like, I don't give a fuck about that person or what they think. <laughs> Preach, dude. Leave I truth. do not. And I've had a lot of people at the theater 
tell me don't give a fuck about certain people like that because you run into people like that. Yeah. And we already have. And it's just, I know what I like as any consumer of entertainment knows what they like. And that's what I like. And I, if you ask me, that is like, in, at this point in my life, that is the pinnacle of improv as I see it. I desperately want to share my one of my favorite sets ever. Do, do you, it. Do you know about the detours format? You know what? Actually, Casey brought that up in class, but I didn't. Did you, I wasn't following. So basically, I know it's like a 501 thing or something. Yeah, we did, we did it last 501. Um, so basically what it is, you start with a scene. There are, so typically, mm-hmm. what I've, I've seen it once, and I've done it once in class. Mm-hmm. So there were four people. It was uh, Bo, Cribs, Patrick, mm-hmm. Gaskill, Elliot, Wegman, and Summer Carly. I think her last name is. All hilarious. Oh, my God. So funny. And so it's a, it starts with a two-person scene. And so there are four people. So there's one and two. And then, like, three tags out one of them. And then four tags out the other. They do the same scene three times. And then it gets fun. Then you start to take detours along the way. But you still have that same scene. So you start doing that same scene. And then it t- turns into different things. Mm-hmm. And their scene, their set, I was dying the whole time. Like, so they were like, they were like on a porch and there's like a pod and there's like a, not like a kid. Mm-hmm. And they were like talking back and forth about like whatever. And like, it just kept evolving. They kept talking back and forth, talking back and forth. And like by the end, like all Elliot had to do as like the, because like the pod was like whittling. He's like doing a thing. Mm-hmm. And they were talking like, I want to go to college and I want to do this. I want to do that. And, like, by the end of it, like, all Elliot was doing instead of whittling was, like, throwing a pizza up in the air. Like, making a pizza. Not saying a word. Just <laughs> just making a pizza. And I think it was Gaskill was, was the other dude. He was just, like, talking the whole time. I was losing it. And that, mm-hmm. that format, I think, is, like, a, is like I don't want to say, I think it's, like, I, I think it is a slow burn in that, like, you, you, know, you know what's happening. It's the same scene. And mm-hmm. you're just, like, doing it different every time. Doing mm-hmm. it, like, just, like, taking little detours, making, like, bits, and then, like, tagging somebody out, and, like, doing it again, and just, like, and it came to the point where all, like, all he was doing was, like, making a pizza, and I was dying, because mm-hmm. it was just, like, it just, like, worked, slowly worked its way up to, like, anything they do was, like, funny, like, one, yeah. one big choice, and I just, I love that format. Did they keep the same characters? Yeah, I mean, like, See, that's like, so important. Little little changes, and of course, their, yeah, their stage memory was so good. They knew like the lines, and like when I ran it, like we forgot most of the lines. Like we kind of had like the gist of like the first four, and like obviously when we ran it the first time, we didn't like run it right. But like seeing that show, I was like committed. Like I'm running detours at least once. It's so fun. Yeah, it lo- yeah, that sounds fun. And that it looks, like, it's, it's funny because those kind of, like, things look, like, so easy when you see somebody who's, like, a group of people who are so good. So at it good. Do, and then, like, you start doing it in, like, a class. And it just gives you way more respect in hindsight of what those people did on that yeah, stage how, yeah. that night. Like, like for the last scene, because we did, like, a shortened version of it, but, like, the last scene that came out and I had an idea, and then it just kind of went flat. And it was, like... Ooh, I didn't make a good choice. And, like, I can imagine, like, doing that on stage and being like, I didn't make a good choice. Mm-mm. And I'm like, oh. That's not up to you. And that's the thing that I'm learning with 301 that's really cool, is that the the choice isn't... Uh, well, see, the oh. choice is never Ooh. bad unless you get to the actual end of it. It's like, you can always, you'll always have a chance to justify it. And it always usually has to do with, like, like the thing that Lauren is and Josh have been driving home 
is make your scene partner look, look your good. your last person look good because we'll we're doing like to the ether stuff. Yeah, so you want and, the person before you look good. Yeah, exactly. So and it, it like you know it's, sometimes you'll just get to somebody who you know and I've done it a bunch of times. Like it's it's tricky stuff. Like. But well, well, they don't necessarily understand, and like you have a choice where yeah, you like so or they don't just they just don't make a good choice. Yeah, and so then like, so yeah. one sets it's a set move and mm-hmm. uh, offer the offer move, and then the set move is like one. So like we're doing two the four person scene, like one and two are good to set the trajectory, and then person three doesn't make a good move, and person four thinks I know what move they should have made, and I know what move that I would have made in reciprocation. But you don't get to make that move anymore. You have to make the person before you look good with the trajectory that they set. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and like. Mm-hmm. I remember when one of our first practices, Scott, our coach, he was like, someone asked him, like, would you ever tell us if we made a bad move? And he's like, no, I would probably, you know, talk to the, everybody else and say, like, why didn't you make that choice look good? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, 100%, like, that's, you know. I, I One of my favorite, like, little tidbits <clears throat> that I got from Gantz was, <clears throat> or it might have been Gaskill. I don't remember exactly who, but it was just, like, probably one of the Patricks. But just, like... Mm-hmm. The audience doesn't know that you made a mistake. The only mistake they know about is the one that you show them that you made. So, like, yeah. oh, I think you were there. Remember that one big boss set where I think it was it was Nick Levesky. He came out and said a word wrong, and the rest of no, that you scene, told me about that. Yeah, the rest of the scene yeah. they just messed up the words. Like he made a mistake, but then they made that choice look so good, and everyone was dying the whole time. Any mm-hmm. bullshit line just was like flubbed up. Oh, it was so. It was like a perfect example of like. Yeah, we made a mistake, but, like, now it's intentional. Now mm-hmm. it's a thing, like, that is a natural thing. And it's just, like, such good improv, such good making your partner look good. Like, Nick's look, look... I remember Nick. I don't remember anyone else in that scene. He made the mistake, but the people who were with him made him look good. Yeah. But, like, he looked so good. I remember him. Yeah. Just oh, just so many good things. And, like, that, I think that's the biggest thing. If, if there are any students listening, it's just, like, go watch improv because you learn so much. Yeah. And it's not even stuff that you, like... Or, like, sitting there, like, oh, well, clearly, right here is, like, I just saw them do this, that, that, and, like, throwing out turns. That's like, how you no. laugh. But you learn, yeah. like, tips and tools, which is what I think what 301 basically is. It's like, I have all these tools now. You learn how to, you learn how to use these tools in a scene, and, like, you can pull them out whenever you want. Yeah, but you have, like, if you have no context, that would be, like, somebody, like... I don't know. Like, that would be some shit, like, somebody, like, teaching you, like, how to... You know, doing all these drills to be a great football player, but then you get in a fucking game. It's like you don't know until you get in that fucking game. And that's, like, you know, why... I Like, I, I just personally mean... Like, I, I, I get people that don't jump into the theater, and they don't have the time, or maybe they just don't... Like, they don't want to be that involved in the theater. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants to get really good at improv, I really don't understand if they don't really just try to see as much improv as they can. Off Get the as much reps stage. I think off the bat is the most important part. Like, yeah. Because at the odd, like, you get stuff to look forward to and stuff to aim towards. I don't think I would, I don't think I would have, um, I don't know if I'd be on a house team right now if I didn't watch so much good improv at Coalition. And also bad improv at Coalition. Not necessarily bad, but just, like, <laughs> nights where the crowd wasn't into it. And, that, and, and, really and but you stage. still see the people up on the stage doing good stuff, and it's like, um, I remember when I saw Coalition Boys, and they were just like the crowd just was not feeling it, and to me it was like hilarious, and I was enjoying myself, but I got lost in having fun with it because I started thinking like, why the hell isn't the crowd going with this? 
You and have been the most, and I mean this as a compliment, you've been the most sensitive to the crowds as an observer. I've never heard you talk about it while coming off the stage. Dude, like, I swear to God, dude. <clears throat> the amount of times I've thought, fuck this crowd. <laughs> and not when I'm on stage. When I'm on stage, I yeah. don't think at all. And that's yeah, the whole thing exactly. why yeah. I really, I, 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 the, I know, and I, I started realizing it probably like a month in because I, like a month into doing stuff or two months into, like maybe a month into Tiny Bladders, we had bombed enough. <laughs> to where I realize the people up on stage aren't having a bad time. They're still having fun with their friends. But it, when I'm in the crowd and I see the like the the crowd just not being into it, I just want to get up and be like, what the fuck are you here for? Like, you know, like, seriously, like, why are you here if you're not here to laugh? Like, are you, like, the, it's like the type of people are like, make me laugh. Yeah. I'm I'm not a, I'm not an easy laugh. You want to get laugh? Go work hard. You'll be funny shit. Bill Burr's way funnier on his podcast. Get the fuck out of here. Like I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna pull up my headphones right now. And listen to it. Yeah, then I'll laugh. Yeah, go on Netflix. Play your fucking Louis C.K. special. Like <laughs> bust your fucking guts. I I fucking for me comedy is such an amazing thing. It's almost like sex versus masturbation. We're watching. Porn and getting off—that's great. And watching a comedy, like uh, a comedy special, is great. But to me, there's just so much more. There's something so much more intimate and real, and makes it so much more of an amazing experience when you're engrossed in a live experience as an audience member, and you get to be a part of that boisterous, like one voice laughter, where it's like you are part of this. Like everybody on stage is part of their whole thing. And then all the people in the crowd are, are in their whole thing where it's just they're this one big voice that is giving encouragement to people on stage. And it's all this, you know, it's this big symbiotic thing together where it's just like these people are all living in this moment together. And it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. And I think that's one of, been one of the most amazing things about improv to me is it has 100%. It took me from a, a, a place previously where I actually was really scared that I had lost my ability to be in the moment. And improv, not not necessarily because of the things I was taught in the classes, but because of the times I've done improv and because of the times I've seen improv and the fun I've had absolutely makes me live in the moment. Yeah. And when I'm sitting there, part of living in the moment is sometimes sitting there and being like, fuck this crowd. Like, <laughs> if I, yeah, sometimes the goal is like, I'm going to make fucking like my teammate laugh. I want, I want them to break on stage. Yeah. Or like, um... And like I said, it's not when I'm on stage. I never notice it when I'm on never. stage. When I'm on stage, I'm literally, I'm like, if I notice it, which I did throughout Tiny Bladders. But that was because it was like, we were so bad. We were so bad. So bad. You could not notice the quiet yeah, room. Exactly. But I was always sitting there like, I was just, you know, I'd notice it, but then I'd be like, Turn on the burners and just be really engaged and focused, and we're going to find that way out. And we yep. always would. We'd always yeah. get to a point where we'd get to the end of the show, and we'd be like, even if it was like we bombed and we didn't get many laughs, we'd be like, well, that part was funny. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> one of my favorite things was our intention was always, let's go out and do good improv. Whether it's funny or not, let's honor characters, let's make good choices, let's try to like strive to be better. Because we were like... You you had finished 101. You couldn't take 201 because you were in class. I was in 201 for most of Tiny Butter. So, like, obviously, you're not getting the top-tier 
performers, but like that was always our goal. And like sometimes we got off and we're like, we didn't do good improv. Let's do better next time. And then sometimes we got off and we were like, yo, even though like we got like four laps, like we killed it because we, we felt good. We had fun. And that was the important thing. And I loved that. Yeah. And you just build on it. Exactly. And that's what we did. I was telling somebody about it the other day. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was somebody... Damn, I wish I remember. I wish I could remember who I was talking to. What, what, what were you saying? Oh, it was it was it was at uh, my friend Taylor's place when the theater people came that's over. Right, I was right, talking right. to somebody about how during the tiny bladder set where it was only me and Casey, it was only me and Casey, and Casey came to me like right before the show started, and he had been out in the crowd and he told me like, "Hey, just so you know." I've got uh, I've got a woman here tonight. I feel weird saying it. I, there is a person of interest I have here tonight, um, who I somebody am I trying. Want to yeah, somebody I want to impress, and somebody whose heart I'm trying to either win I'm over. Trying, I'm trying win, to woo them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, so he told me that before we went on, and I just 100 percent was just like. All right, let's go. Like I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna have a fun time, and we ended up having a great set, um, and we got a bunch of laughs. But the, our last scene, um, Grace was the house manager that night, and she was over on the bar, and I was over on the left side of the stage, and like it was like Casey was right in the middle of the stage, um, and I was sat over as far as I could on the left in a chair, and um, he was like. He looked like he was positioned, like, somebody, like, prayer, uh, hands, like, hands, uh, hands diving, yeah. Like, he had his hands together like he was praying, but he also, he was gonna do a dive. And I just, so I just started narrating it like it was a prayer competition. And I don't know, like, I was so in the moment that night, and was so just having so much fun, and so in the moment, so engaged, and just was completely, like, in that flow state, that I just, like, I was just hitting it. And at one point, I got Grace to laugh. And I told that to somebody... And that, to me, has been, like, my favorite that, that laugh that I've gotten. Yeah. This, to me, was a huge accomplishment. And somebody... I was telling that to somebody on Saturday night, and they're like, uh, they're like, whoa, that's big. Yeah. Like, it's, that's a hard laugh to get. And I was like, yeah, man. It, honestly, it meant a lot to me. And it was at a point where... I think that was, like, the turning point where I, like... Not that laugh, like, that that single laugh was a turning point. But that night, just knowing that I could do a, a full two-person set with somebody <coughs> and just have fun and come up with fresh ideas and just, like, be in the moment and just honestly have that much fun. Yeah. Um. When, like, an hour before, I was kind of like, wait, there's only going to be me and Casey? Like, what the fuck? It just, that to me was... I forget what I was doing that night. Yeah, I can't remember. I, it was... It was, it was some good reason. I think you had some plans, but um, yeah, and that's why I've. I think it's a shame that we haven't been able to continue Tiny Bladders. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I haven't been able to. Same. From a standpoint of just how packed my schedule's been, and just with like. All the, just, new, all the new responsibilities. Well, and, well, no, especially for me, just getting out of this toxic relationship I've been in for, like, the past, you know, however many months, it, it was so emotionally draining that yeah. just, you know, um, I just didn't have the 
fucking headspace to sit there and want to commit to a house team and a class and to an indie team and whatever the hell else. And interning, yeah. So I just, yeah. And, like, a lot of people were telling me, they're like, don't get burned out on the theater, man. Yeah. It's, like, a bad choice. Yeah. And so I, I had to, like, we had to cut pull something. back. That was at me, but... Class. And unfortunately, that was what we cut, yeah. It just... Also, I think the thing... Well, the other thing was we didn't... We, we stopped having, like, stage time, time. Like, refineries were changing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I mean, it's good to, like, we... Um... <clears throat> I mean, we had, like, a three-month run of doing yeah. refinery every week. Yeah. So that was, like, you know, like, 12 shows that we did. And so that and that was great. You know, 25 minutes. That's that, that, I I think we have to owe, like, so much of our, um, of our development just being able to have that stage time. Yeah. But, um, um yeah. Because I've always said, because we, we, the first time we were ever, the first show we ever, uh, the first time we ever did improv on the stage was together at the same show, that one jam. And, like, I remember bombing. And I remember at the end of the show feeling so excited. Like, I bombed. Like, I, was all, I was up there. <laughs> I got nothing for what I said. And I still want to pursue this. That was, yeah. like, that was before 101 even, like, was classes happened. I was like, this is so good. I'm, like, hooked. I and, feel you on that because that was... That, that yep. jam, like, yeah. I felt like a, I just felt like an idiot. I not like an idiot, I just felt like such a, like, cornball. <laughs> because yeah. they did the two, they, I think it was two chairs. Columns. Columns where they, 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 they sat me in a chair. They give yeah. you a blank and then they touch you when you need to fill in the blank. Yeah. And you made poop jokes. Yeah. You made, they, well, he you touched my shoulder. shoulder and he and they, it was like two guys. It was Ben and Cole. Cole. Yeah, Ben and Cole. And they were just like talking at a water cooler and drinking shit from the water cooler, obviously. And they're like, I love this nice cool class. Stuff. And they like, the first thing like, I thought was poop. Yeah. But they made it so funny. And they made me look good because they're hilarious. They made you look good. And Colt was talking about like how like, yeah, this isn't. <laughs> This ain't no county poop. This is that nice city poop or some shit. Like, <laughs> I just remember they they 100% inspired me to be like, oh, dude, yeah. oh my god, these guys are so funny. And, I, dude, I have not, unfortunately, I don't think I've seen Cole perform since those first couple or first few Jambalaya jams that I he did. He was in Project 27. That's the only time I've seen him since. Yeah. Okay. I saw him in Project Twenty Seven, and on the House Team every now and then. Mm-hmm. That Riot. That I forget which one. Was which he was hilarious in Project Twenty Seven. Dude. Oh my god. We have, there's just so many fucking amazing people at the theater. Mm-hmm. So many amazing people. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it's funny because Ben's in my class, my five hundred one class, and like. I, I've told him four times. Every time I every time I meet him again, because you know, you meet you meet a lot of people. It's like, oh, that's that guy who told me I'd spy out. Jesus, shut up about that first jam. Yeah, but like I, right? was, I was like, you were the first person I ever did improv with, and he's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I've told you this three other times. Oh, uh, whoops. Yeah, he's hilarious, dude. He's so funny. He's so good. Just mm-hmm. ah, just so many great people to learn from. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's it's. And I like that they have the stepping stones. Yeah. Where it's like, you start out... Class. Like, yeah, like doing classes. Or, you know, with us, 
like doing a jam yeah. or a free view. Then you you know you do a class a jam or a free view, and then you try improv mixer, where you try a lab, and then if you're you know if you're like get something going in the lab, you can do refinery, and mm, I think we're so lucky to get the refinery spot, and I think it's like that's such a thing that somebody'd be like, no oh, yeah. Lucky for you in a firing spot. Yeah, dude, we were like two months into doing improv and we were dog shit at improv. And we, we were incredibly lucky, but also I, I want to give us the credit where we were dedicated. Like we were pushing. Like I think we were lucky to get it, but I also think that we were deserving. Lucky because mm-hmm. it, 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 whether we were deserving or not doesn't mean you get it, but like I think that it wasn't. Yeah, to Obi us. deserves a cup, but he, that doesn't mean he's going to get a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Really had a. I'm sorry, man. I've been thinking about the Capitals so much this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a, Pan- you're a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, what Did you think that was a slight? Yeah, I was like... Oh, no, is, dude. I fucking... Is. You got the Steelers. Get out of here. You got one Crosby jersey. Come on. I, you don't give a shit I, about I, the Penguins. <laughs> I am... If only for you and Jay, and whoever else in the group is like a Cats fan, like, if only for you guys, I'm happy that you guys get to have success. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that. Might, we'll see how far it goes. Who are yeah. you play next round? Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they look fucking dangerous this year. But we're getting Tom Wilson back, which is a key guy to our top line. Sports person. Like and yada, everyone, yada, yada, yada. Everyone, most people who do actually listen to the show, which... Have tuned out right oh, at yeah. this moment. Sports. Uh, sports. Yeah. Let's talk about comedy sports now. Just playing. <laughs> the, their Twitter bio. I brought this up in a previous episode. Their Twitter bio says the only like improv theater in Richmond. Really? Yeah. Some something along those lines of like they're completely like like not acknowledging the coalition theater. It's crazy. He's been chilling. I told you he would chill. Mm. That's that's so ludicrous to me. Yeah. So silly. I mean, it's so Lucas, but it's always so small, but the only theater in Richmond, it's like, oh yeah. I, actually, okay, I have to look it up because I have to, like, say what it actually is. Let's get to it. So, real quick, g- give us the plug for Riot. For this weekend? This weekend and future weekends, while I pull this just up. Just tell them, just say what Riot is? Just say that, that we'll be there at what time. Okay. Plug it. For our one, for Jonathan's grandma who's tuning in right now, <laughs> my grandma will not. Listen Sorry, to this. you can't. You can't Facetime this on Skype, Grandma. For, <laughs> but we're going to be in this show. Jonathan's on an improv team at Coalition called Detective. Detective we, is paired with my improv team Rodeo. called Rodeo, and we do a biweekly set. On Saturdays at 8 p.m. Second and fourth Saturdays. Second and fourth Saturdays. Actually, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's being messed up in June. In June, it's, it'll be, uh, for us, it'll be third and fifth. Yeah. Because second best. Which mm-hmm. go, to, go to second best will also be there Thursday yeah. and seven. Seven through the ninth. We'll be there the first. We, 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 we open it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do open it. Um, yeah. Riot's hilarious. It's like Coalition Theater's flagship show. Um, it's got a hilarious team full of veterans called Big Bosses that closes out the show and makes up for any people like me who do not make it a good show prior to that. But, um, yeah, the other two house teams on the odd weeks, the first and third weekends, 
a resin ghost and Jensen, and they're hilarious too. And they've got a bunch of great improvisers and great people on them. Just it's so just a great show. So, so many good people. So many good teams. All yeah. The teams. Yeah, great team. And they're all a lot of a lot of young blood, which is cool too. I feel like we didn't say enough good things about Jensen. They do they do good work. They have a really good, really good. Based on what I've seen and what I know about who's on that team, like they have a really good like relationship. They're like really tight, and it really shows when they do their shit. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah. Jensen's hilarious. I just. That's why I was like, I feel bad saying Resident Ghost is my favorite. <laughs> but because I don't want any. I don't want anybody. They just are my favorite for the format. They're. I don't necessarily think they're the funniest. But for me, though, they are the most entertaining to watch because. I just, I love that one of the teams, and I also love that all the teams are completely different yeah. in their formats, yes. um, and I I really do, um, I really do love the format that we do. Yeah. We do Armando's. Yeah, and also you do a lot of two-person scenes. Yeah. And that's the thing, because that's... And that really yeah. pairs well with our, like, we we yeah. only do two-person scenes really at the beginning in last show, like, so the goal is, like, we do our opener... And then we, what we want to do is, like, three two-person scenes. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because the first two-person scene, two people walked out and they were like, ah, like, they were, like, holding, like, pantomiming, holding a cup, and they're like, ah, and the first one was like, ah, and then me, instinctively, I just jump on, and I'm like, ah, and then right then I'm like, oh, fuck, it's supposed to be a two-person scene. It worked out, but it was just like, fuck. No, I mean, that's the thing. But, but, like, Aaron I like told us, like, because Joe... Our first scene ever as a team, Joe said, got him in his head the rest of our first set because we did an Armando. Somebody got up and said a story after we got the suggestion, and then it's supposed to be three two-person scenes. And Joe jumped in with me and Annie um, on our two-person scene right at the beginning and didn't say anything and wasn't really a part of the scene, unfortunately. He just, like, you know, was... He didn't do a whole lot physically, like which is like fine because I think he just felt awkward. Yeah. But he said he was in his head the rest of the set about it, and like Aaron and everybody else um, was just like, "Dude, all good, dude. Don't don't feel bad about it." First of all, <coughs> absolutely, was not. How, how we all thought about it. But then um, Aaron was just like, "Just commit to it. Who cares?" It's just it's yeah. such it's such a loose idea. The format, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's there to help you if you're lost. It's not like oh, we didn't do the format, man. So it's like just if you need to reference it, this is the goal. Anything that happens, roll with it. Make that the show. Like, mm-hmm. go go kill it. Mm-hmm. So the actual bio for Comedy Sports Richmond is... Oh, God. We make stuff up. Richmond's only improv theater, making RVA laugh since 1996. 501c3. Richmond's only improv theater. And they spelled it T-H-E-A-T-R-E. With a Z at the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, comedy sports. Okay, all right, we see. Now, nothing but love for them, but like, change your fucking Twitter bio. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna like try to bring this. I guess it's a minor thing. I really don't give a shit, but um, it just feels like you know, like when did they make that? The theater's been around. Like, when did Twitter come out? Like oh nine. Like what did they set it in the two years that the Coalition Theater didn't exist and just haven't looked at it? Well, I mean, the funny years. thing is, um, seven years. Richmond's only improv theater is coalition theater because last time i checked comedy sports is nowhere within the city limits they're out in like glen <laughs> allen yeah so that's just silly to me glen because Allen's coalition like, could actually say that but you know they have to be specific and say 
The Richmond metropolitan areas. I wonder what uh, the coalition's bio is, if it says anything. Let's see. Downtown RVA is home for live comedy shows and improv Which is classes. true. Located at address, live comedy dead serious. Well, Matthew, you are the first to do an episode in the new quote-unquote studio, which is just my office. At our lovely home. Ooh. Many more to come. Oh, more yeah. More products to come. There's a lot of great things in the future for this show. There really are. And it's going to be funny because it won't happen for, like, it won't actually formalize for, like, a month. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but we're gonna be it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to um, happen. I mean, I really, I, well, I say that, and I honestly, it may not be put out, but we, we're going to be doing shit over the whole summer. Oh, yeah. And really just refining things. Um, but, yeah, it might not actually really, really. Just stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. tuned. Yeah, we got some really fun stuff in mind, and we absolutely plan on uh, actualizing those. Yeah, we're both at a great. We're both at a great point, I think. Oh yeah. Okay, so I feel like I have to bring it back to the. I have to call back to the first thing we talked about, which is like you saying like important stuff. Um, to to cap on that, like, um, do you remember the on your grind conversation? Yeah, yeah. Telling you to get on your grind. Get on my grind. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of the most influential things that anyone's ever said to me. It helped put me in, like, the best place in my life. Yeah, and I mean, that's the interesting thing is just, like, I I was always a person <clears throat> growing up that, like, and I mean, I feel like a lot of people are like this. Like, you can give people <coughs> advice all day long, but it doesn't mean that you actually apply it to your own life. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's difficult having to, like, navigate any kind of negative headspace, and that's what I've been in for months now um, due to, like, you know, a bad relationship I've been in. And just gotten out of. But, um, I really have felt, I mean, like, it hit me today just, like, how, like, at work, just how I really do feel, like, super excited because, um, I just feel fucking, I feel, like, weightless in comparison to how I felt, like, just even, like, a few weeks ago. And I, you know, telling you, you get on your grind, just... I'm 100% getting on my grind right now. I'm yeah, really excited yeah. to get graduation out of the way. Super excited Congrats because, fun. yeah, thank you. Not easy to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not with all the emotional bullshit and financial bullshit that you have to deal with throughout college. The academics is hard enough, but then you have to, like, navigate all that. It's 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 so much a tricky thing. I commend anybody who gets through college. But um, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. I... Um, Apparently, this woman I've been working for at work is, like, trying to give me a job, which I didn't find out about until today. But nice. Yeah, this guy came and gave me a badge. He was like, hey, I'm just going to give you a temporary badge. You can get into all the doors. But uh, I went and told Jamie. She said you were going to be here another week. But, um, yeah, that's what I heard from people. But she said she's trying, you know, that may not be the case. She's trying to make that not be the case. Yeah. So there I was like, go. and then the secretary told me that, too. And, um, Dude, let's do it. So I'm really, I, yeah, I just, I just want to get a job so I can just work full time. Work to me is like, it's so funny. School to me, I like, if you put me in a fucking room and there's nothing else I can do, I will work my ass off like at a job. If you just put me in a position where there's like, what the hell else are you going to do? I work my ass off. I get stuff done. Yeah. But when I'm left to my own vices and I'm just like, like, Hey kid. Here's a bunch of work to do. 
set your own schedule, I will fuck myself in the ass with this. I will completely fuck myself over. Yeah. That's just, like, how I am. Yeah, I 100%. You will, when you have the freedom to, like, do this or don't, no one's going to make you. No one's yeah. holding you accountable, other than the fact mm-hmm. that you could get kicked out. But like The that, deadline does. Yeah, but the thing is, is that stuff doesn't come until later. That's, like, yeah. so far away. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just, I want to get a job because the thing is, with creative endeavors, it's, like, a, it's very different. Yeah. Creative endeavors, it's just, like, I can be doing the most mundane, stupid, foundational part of it, but it's still, like, it's really exciting to me because I'm picturing the whole the whole totality, the whole view, the whole big picture while I'm doing, like, the rudimentary stuff. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be getting on the ground with you. And I'm I'm really hopeful and excited for this idea that will come to fruition soon enough that I've had in the works for, like, a couple years now. So It's going to be great. Do you remember how we end the show, Matthew? Oh, uh, yeah, what's the weirdest thing in your room? So, obviously, things aren't set up, and I feel like I know what you're going to pick, but, like, I guess we'll try it. We'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, I already know I'm going to pick, but I'm just going to look around just a little bit just to know. Just don't pick that. No, no. I've, I, you, I'd hate to say that this is the most, like, basic. That, that's, that, like, that, that, I'm a wacky college student. I've got a, no, a poster of Kramer a, on the it, wall. I'm putting, a, I'm putting a thing over his face. It's going to be different. It's just, I put it up. I swear, I swear. I swear, I'm not like that. I'm it's going to be Jerry's face over Kramer. No, I've, <laughs> there's one of those at um, Paradise Garage in the back. My friend Kendall used to have one of those. I think my buddy Mike used to have one in his it house. Was, yeah. You're like the fourth or fifth person that I know it was in the Bobby's. past like four was, or five Bobby years. Bobby was going to throw it away, and I'm like, I can make this better. I can yeah. put like a coalition mask over it. So that's probably the most like common thing in your room. Interesting. Uh, at least on your walls. No. no, no. Actually, no, you're, you're right. That is the most common thing on my wall. No, I, I would say the weirdest thing, though, is obviously the big, like, paper clip. The safety pin? The big safety pin. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, that's such a, like, wacky Goodwill find, but also something that it's, like, it's one of those things that, like, when you're in the store and you're in Goodwill and you were, like, so you told me the story was you saw as you were leaving and then you're, like, wait, you guys aren't selling that, right? And then you, they were, like, yeah, that big giant paper clip? Yeah. No, that is something that we're selling. And then you picked it up and you went to go buy it, and everybody around you was like jealous, like, oh, dude, I want one of those. Oh, they don't have any more. Oh, fuck, man. That's the coolest purchase of the day. Goodwill high score. Then you get it home and you put it on your wall, and you're like, that is the biggest fucking waste of money (laughs) I have in my possession. Why? What the hell did I just do? And then you're sitting there, like, getting to your bills later in the month. And you're like, gosh, I could really use that 10 bucks right now. It was six. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest thing in your room. Uh, besides us. I always say that. Besides you. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Oh, and also, I don't know if I should say this, this alarm system that I'm not even sure is actually working. I, I literally think it's like a Christmas ornament that just lights up those and they glued so it onto the wall. Yeah, right. It's like one of those Star Trek light up. Mm-hmm. Christmas ornaments that you press and it says Jean-Luc Picard Capital USS Enterprise except it's like a home alarm security system that lights up and it's just glued to our wall I don't think it's actually an alarm system I can't even imagine that situation I swear to god I feel like you could rip that off the wall there'd be no, no cords attached to it there'd be two AA batteries in the back and it would just have like a date from like Mr. Smith just like 
put these batteries in on November 29th, 2017, just for the lights. And the back would say, like, fakealarms.com. <laughs> Good plug. Yeah. Please give us money. Fakealarms.com. Not for people. You know, it's not like it's not like they have a sign outside to deter burglars. No. It's to put into your houses so that you can convince your fucking gullible tenants tenants that you actually give a shit. <laughs> I'm just joking. The Smiths are great and they're they're Cool people. And never gonna listen no, to No, but this. they probably got swindled by some, like, Amway guy who's uh, like, yeah, I can get you 15 of those for five bucks. <laughs> but you gotta do a subscription of that for five years. It's monthly. You'll get 15 of them. Bill, tell my alarm Bill, tell them about Amway. Tell them about how before you try and get it right, and now you just order it through yourself and make money for yourself. We'll get it right. Bill. God, I had a guy try to get me to Amway, like, years ago. And I only remembered it because recently I've been doing that job application, so I completely forgot about this job that I did. But I worked at Lowe's. It's Plant Partners. They do all the outside garden sections for Walmarts and Lowe's. And, um, yeah, I did that. And, like, this guy was trying to get me in this Amway thing, and that was, like, his whole pitch was, like, man, dude, you know, I said they set me up on my own website, you know, like, you know, you just go to these monthly meetings, you know, you sign up, and, like, you know, I used to get, like, energy bars and Gatorade and supplements, <laughs> you know, from, like, regular stores, but now I can buy them for a little bit more on my website, and I'm making money. I'm just like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> like, that is the stupidest fucking thing. That's like somebody being like, yeah, I mean, I just signed up for this thing and they're just giving me money. Like, it's never that easy. <sighs> On that note. That being said, <laughs> if you want to make... If you want to make... It's really easy. We give you a website and you just sell shit and just take free money. And yeah, they, they print you money. Home. Yeah, we have a money printer God. on sale. Fuck. All those kind of pyramid scheme people. Anyways, get me off this podcast. Thanks, for doing, thanks for doing it again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on again, Jonathan. Tell, tell everybody bye. Bye, everybody. May I be immortalized forever in this podcast for people to relive when I'm dead and they're like, Oof. I just want to hear his voice one more time. <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no.